Hi, everyone. Maya here, your host of Proud Stutter Podcast. We had such a jam-packed stuttering awareness week this year that I wanted to share a few highlights. Proud Stutter led the effort in partnership with Johnny Pena, who's also a person who stutters, to get California to recognize the second week of May as the state's first stuttering awareness week. Shout out to the incoming Speaker of the Assembly, Robert Rivas, for speaking so openly about his own stutter and leading on the resolution. We also put on two stuttering spoken word nights with the great turnout. And another highlight, we got the city of San Francisco to light up City Hall for Stuttering Awareness Week. And of course, we had to celebrate the state recognizing Stuttering Awareness Week. We had a rally at the Capitol with a huge crowd and a lot of stuttering advocates and allies. It was so much fun. Check out the show notes for a short recap video of Stuttering Awareness Week. I wanted to give listeners a heads up that I'm getting married next week. Woo! I'm so, so excited. I decided I'm going to say my vows in front of my friends and family, which is kind of a big decision for me. Um, I'm I'm really glad I'm doing it. Um, I'm also going on my honeymoon right after, so that means I won't be around for a few weeks. Um, but we'll still be releasing part two of this interview as scheduled two weeks from today. But I may be slow to respond to emails. Okay, now let's talk about today's interview. We have Calvin Williams Jr., who's our guest. Calvin is a person who stutters and the founder and CEO of Freeman Capital. Our co-host is Roy Dockery from the Savage Truth Podcast. He's also Calvin's good friend. They met in college. Calvin and Roy talk about what keeps them motivated and how they were able to build in daily habits and rituals that help them lead to success and freedom. All right, without further ado, here is the episode. I'm Maya Chupkov, and I'm a woman who stutters. Welcome to Proud Stutter, a show about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. Hello, Roy and Calvin. Welcome to Proud Stutter. I'm so, so excited to have you both on the podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'd love to hear from both of you about how you two are connected. And Roy, why don't we start with you? Yeah. So uh, it goes back to our freshman year of college. I think uh, Calvin and I both uh, came to, to to North Carolina from a different area. <laughs> um, but we just met. We lived in the same dormitory freshman year. And when it was time for student elections, right, we had kind of like a, a residential hall president. And then there were um, like organizational um campaigns running on campus. I don't know. I really don't even know why. I can't even remember to Calvin may know better why. But for some reason, I was like really persistent in getting Calvin to run. Um, <laughs> me. I don't even like I have no idea. Why. Do I. I, was, I have like, no idea. That's the like, that's the guy he should definitely. Um, and it was and it was, you know, he was he was shy. He didn't um, he didn't actually speak out much. Right. He was, you know, just a computer science major kind of doing his thing. But for whatever reason, I was rather persistent and kind of kind of pushed him and 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 got him into that role as um, as kind of, you know, Mr. Scott B or <laughs> residence hall 
And then I and I think from there, right, like the relationship just kind of grew over time. And then Calvin did a lot of other amazing things with uh, student body and student government and entrepreneurship and things from that point. But yeah, it was just kind of pushing him out of his comfort zone. And I, to be honest, I have no idea why. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but it 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 started a relationship, and you know, it's where it's where twenty one years later, um, and still in contact. So. And I just have to share this from from my perspective. So prior to freshman year, I at my high school in Maryland, I was the uh, commencement speaker uh, introducer. So I introduced our commencement speaker for our graduation. And uh, I think they asked me to do it because I was like, like I like I played basketball and I was the captain or whatever. I don't know why they asked me to do it because I stuttered then too. And it was a two paragraph introduction. And the first paragraph, I went really well. The second paragraph, it was only four sentences. I remember it so well. And I began to stutter and stammer. And then I heard the crowd be like, there he goes again. And like my heart dropped. Uh, and so when I came to college at a and I was definitely shy because I, that's a traumatic thing. But Roy, I thank you. And, I, and I've never said this, but I thank you for pushing me to break out of that uh, because it definitely laid the, the foundation for SGA president and everything else that I have done. So, you know, I want to give you some roses here, man. I, I, I thank you for, for seeing things in me that uh, I was probably hiding or scared to let out. So I appreciate that, that, that a brother. So Calvin, as, um, as Roy was alluding to, you have quite a resume, <laughs> You were recruited at age 17 by the Department of D Defense to work on top secret projects. You were a student body president at your college. And now you are CEO of Free Freeman Capital, which you founded a successful fintech company. So what is underneath all of that su success? Who is Calvin Williams Jr.? Um. That's a powerful question. And I think that, um, I think that at its core, there are a couple of core themes. Uh, one is that I view my life as an act of, of service to other. I think that we don't choose who our parents are, but I'm grateful that God put me with my parents and the opportunities that I had which is no benefit to me or anything like that. And that enabled me to live a certain life. And I'm just trying to help as many people as possible uh, live the best life that they can. Uh, second, um, I am especially motivated for freedom. Uh, that can be freedom of time, freedom of location, freedom of choice. And uh, that underlying motivation drives me to do all of these things. Uh, and then probably the third theme is that I am really enjoying um, just operating in love of love of myself and those that I'm close to and having great relationships and, you know, sharing that love with other people. So really it's those three themes that kind of motivate me service, my own personal just desire to be uh, free and then to just enjoy life through love. And Calvin, what is one of the things that, that kind of drove you, right? Like as um, founders, as entrepreneurs, there's kind of specific things that that normally an entrepreneur drives to, right? So 
you know, I know you're a computer science major, right? So like what, <laughs> what made you take that, that brain power around programming and computers and start to focus on like finances and investment and kind of fintech versus other ventures that you could have went into from a technology perspective? I think that it really all stems back from my upbringing. I was a huge fan and a student of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and uh, seeing the impact that they made in the, in the world. But when I looked in the present day and time that we live in, uh, it, it, it was my viewpoint that the biggest way to impact the world is through people's finances. That's the currency of our world. When, when people's finances are better, their quality of life, their health, their education, um, their, you know, their wealth and how they feel is better. And so for me, it is, it is my goal to help as many people as we can be free from the financial burden that, that stops them from living their God-given purpose. And so to do that, we, ha we have to make financial empowerment and financial advice accessible and available to everyone. And the only way to do that is through technology. And so it really kind of stemmed from the, the, the point about how can we help as many people as we can live the best life that they can before the wealth gap and our societal problems become too wide for a person to cross within one lifespan. And starting from that viewpoint, then it was like, okay, then how do we do this leveraging technology? Uh, and so that's what brought us to where we are now. That's awesome. That's great. That's great to hear, especially that evolution and the fact that it's still based off of that that desire to serve people and love. And, and as you keep saying, like that, that um that whole desire to see people live out their their full potential with regards to especially financial freedom or upward mobility, um, especially within generations. Have you found um I mean, what has been some of I I guess I would say your most inspiring things that you've seen? Um, there's a lot of stresses, right, for for founders, right? People yep. know most founders struggle with depression. I mean, there's yep. higher suicide rates and things of that nature. But what's yep. been something that's been inspiring um, that's kind of been able to keep you going through these last three to four years? So for me, uh, it it comes down to my faith. Uh, and so I and there's various levels of faith. Folks that do faith their own their own ways. But for me personally, being a founder is um, probably the hardest profession because there's so much that's not in your, not in your uh, control and you can't influence. And so that's why starting from a place of purpose is so important. And they often talk about that part, but if you, but if you're only starting with a place of purpose, then, then you won't have the faith to overcome the hard times because starting a, a, a it's especially a business like mine that is venture back, which means that I have to go out and raise money from professional investors. And statistically they don't invest in people of color very often, like less than one or 2% per, you know, per um, year. So the only thing that would drive me to continue to, to do that is the faith of knowing that at the end of the a day, my needs are going to be met. I am doing a good work and that by doing that work, more people are going to be impacted. 
And so when times when I, you know, had to cry because, you know, we couldn't make payroll or all of these things that happened or funding fell through and just feels like the world is crashing down on you. The thing that has kept me inspired is my faith because without it, I would have just given up. Like they're really, when a business fails, it really means that a founder stopped because the founder is what is keeping a business going. Um, and they could pivot, they could reinvent, but you could, but you could come to a point to where you're just exhausted and you're scraping the bottom. That's what depression can set in. That's when things like that can set in. But, but for me, having the, the core of my faith and then pouring in myself daily with habits and rituals that feed my body, feed my soul are what let, are, are, are what let me keep going in the face of insurmountable and truly you know, uh, major challenges. That's awesome. And you know, and that's something that, I mean, for those that would know from Savage Truth Podcast, right, that uh, faith is something substantial. And even, you know, if we were on video, everybody would see I have on a shirt that says impact, impress and imprint, right? Because it's the impact. Um, And I agree with you completely, especially being someone who's currently working at a startup in my my profession as a as a technology and uh, service executive, but it's true, right? Like, and I love what you said. Like, startups fail because the founders give up, right? They either give up on the idea, they give up on the company, they give up on their co-founders, right? Which are often sometimes their friends. Um, but it's that being persistent and being engaged and committed to something that you're passionate about that I think keeps people going, and that's what people. That's also what people invest in. So. Um, you know, I'm guessing you're still around as well because, you know, VC firms and investors see that passion and know yep. that you wouldn't just give up and walk away with the money that you're going to try to bring to fruition uh, the plan and the in the vision that you have for your company and how it's supposed yep. to impact our society and community. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. And you you mentioned um, you had some some rituals that can, that kind of helps you and your well-being and just keeping the energy up. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah. So, and this is take taking me <laughs> twenty years to figure out because, as Roy knows, I have been on time ma- management since college. Like I had a little like I mean I won't go through that whole story, but time management isn't enough to fill up or wasn't enough to keep me going. And what I have broken through in this last year and year and a half is for me, it means that I'm doing daily journaling where I have prompts that, you know, may, that, uh, that, that make me affirm myself daily. Uh, I, I am uh, journaling around my gratitude about these things that are going in my life that I'm grateful for, like the chance to be on this, uh, this, this, uh, this podcast with a friend of, 20 plus years who I look up to, who inspires me and who motivates me to be a a better man across so many levels. Like this is an honor for me. Like he is interviewing me, but I feel like it should be flipped. Um, And so, you know, having these rituals of journaling, of being gratitude minded and physical care, which, you know, for me means working out, trying to eat better. Uh, and, And then a big thing is, probably the thing that has helped me out the most is being kind to myself. Um, like very transparently, I like to play Xbox last, you know, kind of last night I hopped on the game, played until 3 a.m. like 3 a.m. in the morning. 
in years past, I would have beat myself up for that because I slept in and then I wasn't on my schedule. But now I'm just like, hey, like I needed to do something that made me feel good and that's okay. And I am loved and I am a good person. And so being kind to you yourself and having these rituals are part of what has helped me to keep going and to keep pressing forward as I have. That um, journaling is definitely something that I feel like I keep wanting to do, but I just haven't made the time to do it. Um, do you have any like tips on how to um, like how to fo- follow through on those things? Um, yeah. So because I struggle with that a lot for me. And Roy, if you have a comment too, because let you know, uh, yes, it's on me, but Roy is highly successful. Let's not downplay him at all. Um, but for me, everything that I want to do, I have to build a system. And mm-hmm. the system needs to be automatic. And I need to be a cog in that system, not the initiator of the system. So mm-hmm. the way that I, that that manifests in my life, because I'm in because I'm in so much technology focus, is that I have um, you know, an app for each part of my life that I'm trying to work on. And then I, I, I have a overall app, which is for tracking goals and progress. So this is a uh, podcast on stuttering. So I'm just going to be transparent there. I downloaded an app called, um, ESA or ESL, E-S-L-A. The purpose of the app is to help you pronounce words better because when I'm in speech therapy, I talk better, but it's just, it's hard to get on the calendar. So this is an app that I use 10 minutes per day. It reminds me to get on the app for a 10 minutes, work on my speech. And then, so that is the system. So it prompts me and then I do it. And then I have my goal tracking app where I check a box whenever I have used the app. So I feel like I get that little dopamine hit of, I did it. I, I feel good. The boxes are hard checked. So for me, whenever I want to complete a goal, I first design a system and support of that system. Sometimes it's paid with, or sometimes it's, it's, it's unpaid, but me by myself, you lead me to my own devices. I'm gonna play Xbox, watch a TV and eat sugar sticks every single day. And so I, so I build in these systems to insulate me to move toward my goals, even when I don't feel like it. Wow. That. That's amazing that you've found a system that really works for you. I feel like there is a system out there for me. I just have to find it. And what you just laid out has really made me think that, you know, it, 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 there is a system for, for me and to just put my energy around finding that right one. Yeah, I think um, it's funny, right? You and people can accomplish things in, in different means. But um, for me, the the main thing for me is that I'm a I'm a task completer. Um, so I get that dopamine or that that kind of that kind of fix from from completing things. And what I learned just over time, even studying technology, that multitasking is a human myth. Like people mm-hmm. can't multitask. We just poorly shift between tasks. So we can switch, but we can't do multiple things at once. We just do several things poorly, right? So um, like even computers need multiple CPUs to actually process different pieces of information at the same time. They just built computers to be more efficient at switching. People are not that efficient. Um, So for me, I just try to be task oriented and I try to complete one thing at a time. 
right? So like, mm -hmm. right, but you know, I had a, a reference letter to write from my niece right before this call. Like that was the one thing I gave myself to do before prepping for this call. There's like 20 other things I could have been working on, um, but it's being intentional about that time. And even a lot of the people that I mentor, I kind of try to encourage them in the same way because most people feel overwhelmed because there is this list of things to do and we never really get to it. So even though we're accomplishing things during the day, the things that we've identified for ourselves that we need to complete, we don't complete. So even if we're finding success during the day, the fact that we're not knocking things off our task list, we start building up that anxiety and frustration that we're not getting done. So I normally have a task list of things that I need to do. They're normally in order based on how long it's going to take me to complete them. So if I have 15 minutes, I know there's things that I can do with 15 minutes of available time. Um, and just over time, I've gotten to the point to where I very rarely have tasks to complete. So because they're already done, right? Like, so as soon as they pop up, they get done. And then I'm, I get to be in a space where I can be a little bit more passive and I can be available versus working under the demands of like an accumulating mountain of, of requirements and outstanding obligations. So um, so that's what I try to be more in a place of peace and to get to a space of uh, of availability so I can do things like this and um, and be available for phone calls when my mentees need me or if my employees need me or if uh, my parishioners need me, right? I'm a pastor as well as a local church. So availability to me is a sign of my success. So like I, I actually can't utilize a lot of systems because my time needs to be available for a myriad of people who are going to have demands on me. But for that to be capable, I have to be able to line up tasks and knock them out. So that's the one thing I I commit people to do as well. Like, it, and it, you know, it's almost like the snowball effect that they talk about in like, like debt elimination, like just have your list of things to do and just make sure you're you're knocking them out because it'll get to the point to where something will pop in your head and you'll get it done so quickly that you don't even have a time to write it down because you're just learning how to be completion oriented versus like accumulating tasks um, and things to do. And then I also have systems, right? Like meditation and prayer and exercise that I do. Um, I don't have a stutter, but I do suffer from several chronic illnesses. Um, so I have to be mindful of my energy and fatigue you know, I had an appointment this morning. I've got to go get biopsies. So so I've got to balance that as well. So I also have to be very um, particular with how I utilize my energy. Um, so and a lot of that spins in rest and kind of that recovery that Calvin was talking about. Right. I'll, I'll binge watch Netflix shows. I'll watch 10 episodes of Seinfeld because sometimes I just need to let my body rest and allow my mind to uh, to be free to enjoy something. Um, fun playing switch or video games with my son and, and things of that nature as well. So I think it's all about a good balance. I would just recommend to everybody, like, don't let your task list build up, like start checking them off one at a time. And that helps alleviate a lot of the anxiety that we deal with. So there's still things to do. But if you're not accumulating lists, you'll feel a lot more peace um, and be able to to kind of tackle things with more focus. Wow, that's that's super helpful. And I'm definitely going to take away a lot of that because right now, just balancing a full-time job and this podcast, which is now a nonprofit, it's just all <laughs> very overwhelming. So um, this is super helpful for for me. And one of my the things that I do to rest and um, to just kind of get out of my head is re reality TV. I love I love that stuff. So that's my, 
that's what I do um, when I'm like, when I need to just turn my brain off. <laughs> and just as a quick side note, because I know some folk feel like, oh, reality TV, whatever. Like, I, I, I think that we need to be, or we need to allow ourselves to like what we like to feel better mm -hmm. and independent of judgment. And that goes right along with stuttering. Like you have to love yourself so much so that even though this thing that may or may not be culturally normal or accepted or loved by all, as long as it's not hurting someone else, like be you and be, and, and be great. Thanks for listening to part one with Calvin Williams Jr. and Roy Dockery. Stay tuned for part two of this interview where we dive more into Calvin's stutter and how being open about his stutter has made a positive impact. We also talk about advice for aspiring entrepreneurs who have a stutter and much more. And that's it for this episode of Proud Stutter. This episode of Proud Stutter was produced and edited by me, Maya Chupkov. Our music was composed by Augusto Denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. If you have an idea or want to be part of a future episode, visit us at www.proudstutter.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Want to leave us a voicemail? Check out our show notes for the, the number to call in. More importantly, tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you.